we stay standing, I, I don't want some, God's doing something right now. And look at your neighbor and say, there's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. I feel this thing in my bones right now. Sometimes you just got to run. Sometimes you just got to run with what God gives you. And I just feel like this is a moment right now. Can the band stay up here with me for just a moment? Because I'm telling you, I did not come tonight to preach. I came to deliver a word to break chains. There's a shift. Look at your neighbor and tell them there's a shift. Now, I know this disrupted everything, and there's some people wondering what's going on. And if you're anything like me, your ADD might be going squirrel, but I'm telling you, God has a word for this house and for this hour. If you have, stay up here with me, man, because I feel like God's going to do I do not know where we're going tonight, but I knew once I got up this morning and the Lord told me what he wanted me to say, I knew we were going to get into something tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, now don't stop. Don't stop. I know that we have worship, not, uh, 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 worship, um, choir practice prep. Uh, if you got to go, go. We love you. But I just, I, I feel like we just need to go right here, right now. He's good. He is so good. He is so good. If you knew the setup, if you knew this, if you knew the words you were just singing and how true they are. Ruth chapter one. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Now, look at your neighbor say, turn the page. <laughs> turn the page. Over in Ruth chapter 4, verse, verse 17. Also, the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse and the father of David. Father, I pray right now that you would help me. I pray, Father, that you would help me. I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips with a coal from your altars. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would help me, Father, tonight. I need you to help me. I decrease that you might increase, Father. I pray that chains would break tonight. I pray, Father, that famine would cease tonight, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a shift in thinking and therefore a shift in seasons. I pray, Father, that we would move from famine to harvest. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody in the room said amen and amen. Woo! You may be seated. You may be seated. Just, I don't know where we're going, so be ready. I have no idea what we're doing, but be ready. That's all I can tell y'all. I have no idea what God's about to do, but I feel like he is moving some people from a season of famine to a season of fruitfulness. There's a lot that happened in between that. 
The text that I just read to you, there is a lot that took place in between that. But I think it's important that I identify that there was a famine and then there was fruitfulness because I believe this is where we are right now. And let me tell you something. There's some people in this room right now. I know that there's an assignment on your lives. I know that this is an assignment for your lives. There have been people I know for a fact that have been walking through a season of famine. You have been walking through a season of lack. You have been walking through a season of barrenness. You have been walking through a season of dryness. You have been walking through a season, oh, a valley season. You have been walking through a valley of death season. And God told me this morning, there's a shift that's about to occur. And again, this is not a word. This is not a sermon. If you're looking for a sermon, I'm sorry. Tonight is not a sermon. I have to release this in the atmosphere because there's some pillars in this room. There's some pillars that are in this room that the enemy has tried to hold you back and keep you back in a place of famine. He has tried to keep you living in a land of lack, living in a land where you have been satisfied with what you had when God has called you to live in a land of abundance. I believe that anytime you see in the Bible where judges ruled, it wasn't a good situation. And I tell you what, we're in a season right now in America where we allow men to rule instead of God to reign. Oh, God help me tonight. And anytime you lean more on democracy, Democrats, Republicans, the more you lean on the White House, the more you lean on the stock exchange, the more you lean on man for your favor, you will be sorely disappointed. And this is where America is right now. We have, we have resigned ourselves to a land ruled by judges and men. The church, oh God, help me. The church, instead of being governed by God, has become anemic and has allowed itself to be ruled by man. You say, well, how do you know? Well, where's the power? How do you know? Where's the power at? This has no power. This has nothing to offer anyone but God. But God. All of this is void and lack but God. And we see a church right now. Revival needs to come to America again. The wind needs to blow in the church again. The world should stand back and stand in awe of the church. Oh God, oh God, where is the glory? Where is the glory of the church? The, the church, the church should be leading the charge. Instead of dabbling with the world on Friday and coming into the church house and worshiping on Sunday. We have begun to do things like the world does things. And anytime you do things or the house of God does things like the world does things, there will be famine. I think it's funny when you look at where the famine was taking place was in a land of Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the house of bread. It actually means the house of bread. So we have this, this oxymoron. We have, we have a famine in a place that should have an abundance of bread. Now we know what bread is in the church. Bread is revelation. Bread is the word. 
Bread. Bread is sustenance. Bread is life. And here in the land that should be full of life, there is a famine. And I believe the dynamic is so interesting because it's what we're seeing right now. We see multitudes that should be able to run to the church for revelation, for sustenance, and for life. And they are found, church houses are found lacking. They're found in a position of lack. In this story, we have this, this famine in the house of bread. There was this man, Elimelech. He took his wife, whose name was Naomi, along with his two sons, and he left the house of bread to journey to a land of Moab, a land of Israel's enemies. He left the house of bread and he began to journey because hunger will make you go places. Hunger will cause you to go places. Sometimes your hunger will cause you to drive the wrong places. I found myself in a wrong place yesterday. I found myself in a line of fried food and fried french fries yesterday, but I was hungry. And I said, a salad ain't gonna do today. I need to eat some, I need something to fill me up. And the, hung, the more hungry you get, the more your hunger grows, you will be willing to go to lengths which you would have called preposterous before that to find a place of sustenance. And so we see Israel in a place of famine and we see this man and his wife and his children. And he says, we're gonna journey to the land of Moab. And I think that it's interesting that, again, this is not a sermon. I don't even know how long we're gonna go tonight. But I know that God's got something to do in the house. Moab was the name of a biblical land. It was a biblical place, a biblical city, a biblical territory. And it was just short of the land that God had promised. So they leave the house of bread and go to a place whose name was just shy of what God promised. A land occupied by their enemy. A land that was not flowing with milk and honey. A land of enemy. I, I'm, I want, I'm trying to paint this picture. What are you willing, where, how far are you willing to go? And I see it in, our, in, our, in America today. I see the church in America today willing to go through such lengths because they're so hungry. I'm telling you, when we go over to do Forge on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m., 70, 80, 100 kids, young people, cram up into a house and they go for broke. Why? Because they're hungry. What, what are you willing to do when hunger sets in? When hunger sets in, where, what lengths are you willing to go to when hunger sets in? When, when affliction hits, when affliction hits and hunger rises, how far are you willing to go? I remember one time, I'm going to tell a little story. This wasn't in my notes, but it's for someone. I remember going, I lived in Florida for years 
back in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, mid-2000s. I lived in Florida. And how many know what a hurricane is? Right? I'm not talking about Hurricane Grill, the good place to eat. I'm talking about hurricane, like the thing out in the water that, yeah, hurricanes. And there was a season where I had gone through four or five different hurricanes back to back to back. Three or four of them were within a couple of months of one another. One of them was in just a few weeks of each other. And where I lived, the eye wall made landfall only right where we lived and then eight miles up the road from where we lived. Now, I don't know if you know anything about a hurricane, but the eye is the strongest part of that hurricane. And when that hurricane hits at a category four, everything that it gets itself or it gets in the way of it, it destroys. And it becomes very inconvenient. Let me tell you something. You, have you ever been through a hurricane and the power goes out, you ain't got no ice, all the stores are closed down, and you, you, you back, back, back charging your house with a generator, and you got all the, I mean, and you can hear you step outside at night and all your, from all the generators going in the neighborhood. You have no air conditioning in Florida in the middle of summer. Humidity is 130. Even the mosquitoes are tired of it. It's inconvenience, and you, and you feel afflicted. And let me tell you, where I was living in Florida, it's not a very churched place. It's actually where I was living was a very godless place. Florida in and of itself is a very migrant place, a very vacation spot. So it's hard to plan a church in Florida. It really is. It's any coastal town. Uh, if, but if God ever says we're going to plant a church in Hawaii, uh, that might be something I might have to try out. But no, I'm joking. But, but the reality is, is that at any coastal town, there is a, it's a very difficult place to plant a church. And I was so hungry in my spirit that I didn't even know what I was hungry for. But I was hungry and afflicted. And one day I sat in a car because it was the only place that I had air conditioning. Because all the air was out, we were under martial law, and I remember pulling out a road atlas before I had a phone, before we had GPS on our phones. We had road atlases to find places. I did construction, and we had a road atlas to find out where we were going. I pulled the road atlas out, and I was hungry, and I was afflicted. And that is a recipe for change. And let me tell you something. Sometimes your, the affliction that you go through is actually a setup for God's affection. Sometimes when you go through things in life, sometimes when you're afflicted by the hand of the Lord, it's truly his affection because it's, it's changing you. It's shifting you. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a setup for where God wants to take you. And so I was sitting there in that car and I pulled out the road atlas and I opened it up. And I, I said, I do, I, and at the time I was not living for the Lord like I should have been. I knew God, but at a distance. It was a long distance relationship. And I was sitting in that car. I pulled the road atlas out and I said, you know, I'm tired of these hurricanes. I'm tired of going through this no power. I'm tired of all of this. And I'm not going to move to California because they have fires. I'm not moving up no back up north where there's snow. I'm surely not moving out to Tornado Alley out in Oklahoma. I had friends out there and I heard those horror stories. I'm like, I don't think so. So I pull out the road atlas and there's quadrants in the road atlas. And it was the southeast quadrant. And I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, I'll go here. And I went like this. And I opened my eyes and it was Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Now, you know you're afflicted and you know you're hungry for something. If on a blind whim, you'll pull out a road atlas, land your finger on that joker and move there on a, uh, come on somebody. But hunger will make you do crazy things. And so they left this land and went to Moab. And while they were in Moab, the sons of Naomi found wives for themselves, and the names of their wives were Orpah and Ruth. Now that's an interesting name, Orpah. Orpah. Orca, or Oprah, or Orpah. Not Oprah, or Orpah. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's something right there. But, but the Bible tells us that they were there for about 10 years, and in that time that they were there, Naomi's husband had passed away. And then, while well, it was coming time for the duration of their stay, her two sons had passed away. And now we have Naomi who's been widowed in the land of her enemies, a land without bread. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something here. We all have decisions to make. And we all have choices to make. And I understand the pressure of having to take care of your family. And I understand the pressures that we haven't. And I, let me say this. I don't even believe that we have seen the pressure yet as a church. Read the Bible. I don't believe we have yet seen pressure that they have saw in the time of Jesus. We have not seen the persecution that I believe what the Bible tells us we will have to face. But they had a decision to make. Do I stay in the land of bread or do I move to the land of my enemies? Now Abimelech, or Elimelech, Abimelech, I was reading that earlier. He goes and he, he, he's, he says, I'm gonna take my family out of the house of bread. Now you have to determine now, only you can make that choice, but you have to determine where do I stay and where do I go. And while they're there, we see he passes and their two sons pass. And they took on these two sons' wives, and so it was just the three women left. And after all of this destruction, after all of these things have happened in Naomi's life, she had a decision to make. And I think that that's where a lot of us are right now. I believe that there are a lot of us in this room right now that have been through some things. We've been through some seasons of pain. We have been through some seasons of lack. We have been through some attacks, even as of recent. The enemy has been hot on your tail, trying to chase you down and destroy your future. He has been trying to disrupt God's plan for your life. He has robbed you. He has stolen from you. He has tried to remove your destiny. He's attacked your family. He's attacked your children. He's attacked your finances, your resources. I'm telling you what I'm feeling in the spirit. He's attacked this city spiritually. He's caused this city to rely more on religion than relationship with him. But I'm telling you, there's a shift coming. There is a shift coming. And 
Naomi was faced with a decision that I believe that we are faced with right now. This city is, you, you all are ambassadors of his kingdom in this city. You all are, I'm telling you, it only takes a few. It only takes a few. It only takes a few on fire. It only takes a few. You pour fuel on a few. Oh, let the wind blow on a few. Let God breathe on a few. 120 were in an upper room and changed the world forever. Come on, somebody. I don't know how many got one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I'm saying all it takes is a few. Let the wind blow on who's in this room right now and watch what happens. And that, I believe, is what's about to happen. This is what's about to happen in this place. The wind is about to blow in this house. The wind is about to blow in this house. And let me tell you, you're going to be faced with a decision, though. You're going to be faced with a decision. Because Naomi, you can either allow what you've been through to keep you bound. You can allow what you've been through to destroy your future. You can allow what you're even going through right now to determine your destiny. Or you can determine to return to praise. It says here, it says here, that after all of this happened and she lost her husband and her sons, says that she had heard in the country of Moab. So while she was there, she hears that the Lord had visited his people and by giving them bread. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her and her daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Now, Judah is praise. Let me say something. The enemy has tried to rob you from your praise for too long. He has tried to silence this city. And it's up to you to determine, am I going to go back to praise? Am I going to go back to Judah to, to, no matter what happened to me? No matter where I've been and what I've gone through, am I going to stay here in Moab? Am I going to stay just shy of God's promise for my life? Or am I going to go back to praise? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm tired. And I don't, I'm tired of seeing people live just south of God's promise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just south, just shy of the promises of God for their life. I'm tired of watching them live in a land of lack and insufficiency. It is time to walk in abundance. It is time, yes, it is. Somebody needs to shout on that. It is time to leave the land of lack. You see, while they were in Moab, they were having to depend on their enemy to feed them. They were having to depend on a land that was not of their own. They were having to depend on everybody else around them. They were having to depend on what God provided a land and promised them. They were having to depend on someone else. And God, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God is wanting to reposition you. He's wanting to reposition you. 
He's wanting to reposition this church, this city. He's wanting to reposition even those who are lost on the highways and byways. You see, you can become so complacent just because of what you're surrounded by. This is the most churched region and one of the most churched regions in all of America. They call it, and this ain't even the belt, this is the buckle. This is the thing it's all held together on. And you can become so complacent by what you're surrounded by, you could ride your bike past churches and stay bound your whole life. Because what it's produced is something that can't produce the breakthrough necessary. You, oh, God help me. You see, religion depends on sin. They have to coexist. It's why religion really doesn't provide a solution. Because it needs you back in the it, it needs you back in that place the next week. And it's not about relationship, it's it's about your dependency on a building or a man. Now I do know a man, but he's not of this land. I do know a man with nail-scarred hands, but he's not from this place. And I'm going to depend on that man because that's the man that will, the only man that will bring true breakthrough. But I believe that they were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. And, and, and they waited 10 years and lost everything. And, and here we are and we see them going, making a decision. They're making a decision to go back to a place of praise because they were tired of waiting for anything else. She waited, she, she waited, got a word, and went on a word. There was no proof there was bread yet. They had heard there was bread. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I hear something in the atmosphere right now. I hear something in the atmosphere right now, and there is, there is bread in the land. We, I, I, the Lord sent me here tonight to tell somebody, and I, all this is really just to get to this much of what God would have me to say tonight. This is all an introduction. The Lord said, in spite of your pain, you have to return to praise. The pain of your past, the pain of what you've lost, the pain that reminds you of where you've been, the pain of the famine, you have to get back to Judah. You cannot determine to live in a land shy of God's promises when praise is the key to God's promise. You gotta praise your way out of Moab sometimes. You gotta praise your way out, but you have to be a predetermined praiser. You have to predetermine your praise. You have to determine within your spirit, I'm going to praise him despite what I have lost, despite what I have gone through. And so they determined that they were going back. But it says that Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and stayed. And I'm telling you this because there's some people right now that you're sitting next to that are going to decide to stay. They're going to decide to stay. They're not going to go with you. And you have to be okay with that. Not everyone that is with you today will desire to go with you tomorrow. Because the inconvenience of going with you may be too much for them to bear. Because when you 
make the journey to God's presence too often. It's not convenient. But the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to run with people who you might sit with in church today. They might go with you to Bible study today. They might shout with you today, but they may not go where you're going tomorrow. And you have to be okay with that. You cannot convince them to go with you and you cannot try to drag them on to where you're going. There's some folk over the years that I started the journey with. There's some folk that we chase God together. I can name them right now. People who were hungry for God. People were hungry for God's promises. People that we shouted all over the place together with. People that we stepped out in faith with. People that I, I made prophetic declarations with. People that were all in. And they decided that the journey was just too much and they couldn't go forward, they could not go on. People who said, you know what? Man, I love shouting with you, but I don't know, I don't know. I don't think it takes all that. Some people who when they needed God for that court case, oh, they shouted all day long. Oh, they was like, oh yes, Lord Jesus. They were all in it. They would put me in A flat. Ooh, Lord. I mean, they were all up in it. So, where, 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 come on. So, some of y'all know who I'm talking about, sound like. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. But they were there when they needed God. And then when they got through that thing and the judge said dismissed, oh, come on, somebody. When God said, I'll award you your kids, Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Where were they? Where were they? They said, oh, you know what? After a while, man, that getting up early thing, I don't know, that's for the birds. I don't know about that. I don't know, that's crazy. That's all, all y'all do is do it. All y'all is, y'all always in church. I'm like, well, you used to be that too. What you talking about? You were with me. You were with me. Where are you at now? Let me tell you, let me say this. If you try to bring them into your tomorrow with you, it will be the worst mistake you have ever made because the strength of you trying to drag them into it is not greater than the strength that they have to keep you back in Moab. You know, it always got me. It always got me that they just, they, they weren't there no more. And, I, and I'm telling you, people with such destiny, people with such promise, but you can't convince people of their promise. If I'm, you, could, you, could, you could preach, you could speak, you could, you, could, you could preach the word, you could lay it out on a blueprint like, like Macaulay Culkin on Home Alone. You could lay the whole plan out. You could lay the whole plan out but you can't force them to, to walk the walk. You can't force them to go with you. And the Lord said their desires are diff different than what is in your destiny. You know, it says in verse 15 that Orpah had gone back to her people and her gods. A lot of the people that I've talked about tonight that have come through my mind, they went back to their gods. 
man has to worship something. I don't care who you talk to. I don't care who they are. They could be agnostic. They could be atheist. They could, I don't believe in God. Yes, you do. You're a liar. Yes, you do. Because what you put your affection towards and what you prioritize in your life becomes your God. And these people I talk about, they reprioritize their life and they serve a God, it's just not Yahweh. And the people who I'm talking of in your lives, they might be sitting on the pew next to you and I hope not. But don't try to drag them with you because they've determined to serve their gods. Some of them have determined to go back to their people. The people they used to go in the club with, the people they used to drink with, the people they used to party with, the people they used to be wayward with. Yeah, they decided, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, and, and it starts small. It starts small. It usually starts with a phone call. What you doing tonight? What you got going on? The devil's crafty and he's sly. He knows how to slip right in to your DMs. Yo, that's right. He knows how to slide right in. That old boyfriend, that old girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm meddling now. I'm meddling now. Then he know he's crafty and he'll come and he'll slide right in. And before you know it, you answer the phone, you you respond back to the text. You 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 know and 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 the next thing you know you've returned back to the people you came from and the gods you used to serve. So not everybody that you started this journey with, you're going to finish with. And all of this, again, I'm almost, I'm almost through. We're going to shout. We started shouting. We're going to end shouting. But I have to paint the picture. I got to paint the picture, y'all. Verse 20. Verse 20. So she loses everything. And Naomi goes, loses. Orpah says, I'm out. Deuces, I'm gone. I ain't doing it no more with y'all. I'm going to head back to who I know and worship what I used to worship. And she says, she gets back to the house of bread. Naomi goes back to Bethlehem. And the women of Bethlehem said, hey, ain't that Naomi? Ain't that that woman, Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. I want you to call me Mara. I want you to call me Mara. I want you to call me Mara for the affliction that I have gone through. Because of my bitterness, I want you to call me Mara. I want you to call me Mara because of all that I have gone through. And the Lord sent me here tonight to tell somebody, you better not let your, the enemy identify you by what you've been through. You see, Naomi means pleasant. She went from pleasant to bitter. And she said, call me what I've been through. Call me what I've been through has produced. Call me what I have been through has produced in my life, bitterness. But that's not where the story ends, and that's why you have to be careful. That's why you have to be careful not to identify yourself by what, what you went through, what the enemy has taken you through. 
Don't let the enemy identify you by, oh, God, I'm going to say it. I don't even know why the Spirit just threw it up at me, but I'm telling you, you better not let the enemy tell you or call you by what you've been through. You better not, oh, God, help me. I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit right now. You better not allow the enemy to call you or identify yourself with that divorce. You, I'm telling you this life after divorce. You better, I'm going to say this because I, I, I'm, I'm, you better not let the enemy try to identify you by that abortion. I said it. I said it in the church because there's redemption. There is redemption and there is restoration. See, the enemy wants to call you by that and associate you with that because unlike God, see God God doesn't call you by what you've been through. He calls you by what he sees in you before you ever see it. Come on, Gideon. God calls you by what you don't even see in yourself. God said to Gideon, mighty man of valor while he was hiding in a wine press. You better not let the enemy call you or identify you by what you've been through. And he's going to try to. He's going to try to constantly remind you of the pain. He's going to try to constantly throw up in your face what you, you're not qualified for this. You're not qualified for that. Look at what you've been through. Look at what you've gone through. Look at, look at how messed up you are. Look at, look at you. Look at you. You're a mess. Look at the marriage you destroyed. Look at the children that don't even love you no more because you were this or you were that. I'm telling you, but there is redemption. And there is restoration. And that's what I come to speak on tonight. This is what, all of that was for this. I want you all to stand. Can we, can, we're, we're gonna go, we're going, I'm telling you, there's a shift happening tonight. This was not a sermon. This is a word. Because as I was standing here, as I was standing here reading this today, the Lord says I'm about to turn the page. You see, all this happened in chapter one. All of this took place in Naomi's chapter one in the first chapter of her life. That's right. But, and I had, I had Mason go run and grab me some other Bibles because I just wanted to see. Now, if you got one of them fine, fine, small, tiny little print Bibles, you're probably going to have it all on the same page. But I like these big old Bibles with these big old letters because I'm half blind. But I went and I had him get some several different Bibles and it's the same. Ruth chapter one's on the first page of Ruth. But when you turn the page to Ruth chapter two, all of a sudden there's a shift that takes place. There's a shift that takes place in Naomi's life. And you start to see the hand of God move. And you all of a sudden there's a Kingsman redeemer that shows up in the story and his name is Boaz. Right, come on somebody. And after Orpah left, you had Ruth, and Ruth hung in. And I know Pastor Kevin preached a message on Ruth holding on, so I'm not going to try to steal his message from him. But I'm going to tell you something. 
that God is a restoring God. And you watch this woman go from famine to a place of abundance. And that's where we're going right now. That's where this house is going right now. There's a page turning. There's a page turning. I feel this thing in my bones right now. You are moving from famine to fruitful. Oh, I thank you, God, right now. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, God. So all of this, all of this, all of this. Now, let, oh, oh, one more point. <laughs> so while she had these, Naomi had her sons, and they married these women, Orpah and Ruth. She had no kids. She had no grandkids. She had nothing, no lineage, no grandkids, no nothing. And then we see this woman, Ruth, step into her life and hang on. And we see God begin to move. And, and Ruth says, just let me glean in this field of Boaz. Let me just, let me just get up in the field. And that, that's the other thing right now. Some of you are living outside of your promise because you're outside of your field. Oh, yeah, I said it. All you need is in the field. Everything you need is in the field. And you say, what does that mean? Oh, Jesus, don't let me meddle. There's some people waiting, sitting back in their lazy boy, waiting for something good to happen when God says, get up and get in the field. You say, what does that mean? Well, the field is ripe with harvest. Oh, I'm going there. The field is ripe with harvest. You want to see the hand of God? Get up in the field. Get up in the field and start gleaning. Get up in the field and start testifying of God's goodness. You better get up in the field and start testifying. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. You better get up in the field because I'm, the, I'm telling you the harvest is in the field. The faithfulness of the Lord is in the field. So she goes out and she starts gathering. And this Boaz, this, this kinsman redeemer, now, you had to do your stu the study on that, but in the times back in that day, that was a, a typical thing of that era. It was when, when a wife lost her husband, the one that is closest in kin, oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I have a brother. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank you that I have a brother in Christ. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, God. He is a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Hallelujah. But back in that day, when there was a death in the family, the closest kin or relative could redeem all that that man had had. So she was reaping and gleaning off the scraps and she said, she said, Naomi said, hey, that, that, that dude's related, that's connections. Oh, there's favor there. There's favor there. We need to pray favor over, there's, there's some favor on that. And so through the hand of the Lord, and let me say this too, God's about to connect you to some people that were unlikely connections things that you didn't see, unforeseen favor from unforeseen places. But this man come in and he says, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to redeem it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to redeem this thing. 
I'm going to redeem the whole thing. I'm going to take it all. I'm going to marry Ruth. I'm going to hold on to Naomi. And through that and through the faithfulness of God, all this is about the faithfulness of God. Because I don't care what you've lost. I don't care what you've been through. Tomorrow's chapter is greater than anything you have ever had to give up. So right now, I'm just going to release this over you because I'm telling you the Lord, the Lord is about to redeem some things in your life. There's some chains that are breaking in your life. There's some famine that is being reversed in your life right now. Oh, I see right now. I see it right now. I see angels. Oh, I see angels right now. I, I'm telling you, if you saw what I see right now, the hand of the Lord is just, there's a shift happening and the Lord is turning the page. He is turning the page for some of you in this room right now. Oh, I don't know who you are, sir, but I'm telling you right now, there's some things that are shifting. There are some things that God is about to release into your hands because he knows he can trust you with it. There are some, oh, I'm telling you, there is Judah, the Judah on your life. The Judah out of your mouth has released some things. Oh, I thank you, Father. Oh, oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody give him a praise. Somebody give him a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's it, that's it. Somebody needs to put it on your lips. Somebody, you need to predetermine this. You need to thank him before you get home. Give me the oil. Where's the oil? Lift your hands right now. The whole row.
There's some people who have lost relationships. There's some people that you have, the enemy has, has robbed you of relationships. I'm telling you what I feel. And God says, I'm restoring it right now. There's some relationships with some children. Oh, he's a good God. Let me tell you, he's a good God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's some relationships with some children that you have thought that was gone and you never see it again. This Christmas, I'm telling you, by Christmas, by Christmas, the phone's gonna ring. somebody in the room that the enemy has tried to rob the intimacy of your marriage. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I'm telling you right now that that was not the intent for your marriage. And God says, I'm restoring it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just see it like this. I see it like this, that Men in Black movie. I don't know what happened, but whatever happened, Jesus about to take that thing out and go like this, and whatever happened that caused you to look at each other differently, you ain't gonna be able to bring it up. The enemy's not gonna be able to bring it up and, and throw it back in your face because he's a redeemer. Oh, hallelujah. And there's somebody in this room right now He's restoring marriages. And not only is it what happened in your marriage, and I don't know exactly, but I'm telling you, the enemy tried to infiltrate because if he can destroy the marriage, he can destroy the family, he can destroy the future. But even so, even more than that, I see the enemy has tried to creep up in your resources. There's somebody in this room that's still reeling from the crash that happened in the 2000s. I don't know what happened with, with whatever, uh, what is it, Edward James, and I, I don't know, Merrill Lynch. I don't know what happened to you with all of that, but I'm telling you that God is about to restore it. And there's some that have been reeling from the inflation that you've been affected by right now. The enemy has had his hand in your pocket. He's had your, his hand in your purse. 
and God says, I am about, I'm telling you, you don't believe me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's going to put some people. See, see, Ruth was the vehicle that God used in Naomi's life. God will always use people. Just like the devil will use people to get at you, God will always use people to set you up. Oh, I thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. And there's some people in this room that God is going to send somebody in your life. You ain't even going to know how it happened. But because of your, your kindness, the kindness of the Lord is what brings people to repentance. It's the love of the Father for you as his children. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, there's some people that he's going to connect you with. And resources. You think I'm crazy. I, you, I don't care if you think. I've I seen it. He's been too good. He's been too good. I've seen it. I have seen the hand of the Lord move through people. I have been a recipient of it. When I don't know how, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I, I, was, I don't know how God was going to make it work. I was dealing with a situation with a lawyer. And I don't know if anybody dealt with lawyers, but God bless. It ain't fun. It's never fun when you got to bring lawyers into the situation. And I didn't know how I was going to pay the bill. It was something that I didn't even do. It was a, a situation that I didn't even cause. And I didn't know how I was going to handle it. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I only, I, all I knew was I, I, all I had was Judah. All I had was praise. I, didn't, I couldn't, we were, I was so broke, I couldn't rub two nickels together. I didn't have two nickels. And out of nowhere, I get a phone call. I went on a three-day fast because all I had was Judah and the Lord. All I had was my praise for something that didn't happen yet. And my faith in Jesus and he was too kind for me to stay in Moab. I'm going to tell you something. I went on a three-day fast, and on the third day, I get a phone call. Someone that I did not expect says, you know what? The Lord told me to call you, and your birthday's in just a few days. And I feel like I need to give you this amount of money. I said, you have no idea. You have no idea what I'm about to face. You have no idea, and I have no idea how I would, how I, I, all I, I had no idea what was going to happen. And God said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to handle this. And he used that person to handle it. And when I told them what I was going through and how on time it was, they said, not only will I give you this, but if it's anything more than this, I'm going to go ahead and take care of the whole thing. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's the kind of God that you serve. And that is the turning of a page. You are leaving the land of famine. 
I do not want you to walk out of here. I want you to walk out of here with the expectation, knowing that you serve the most high God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, Jehovah Jireh, your provider, Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory over every problem, Jehovah Rapha, your healer over every sickness. You, I'm telling you, God is about to shift this whole place. Lift your hands. Tonight I did not come as a preacher. Tonight I did not come as a pastor. Tonight I came as a prophet. And I release this word into your lives. And I'm telling you, you will reap the reward of it. You will reap the benefit of it. You will reap the fruit of it. I declare it. I decree it. I prophetically speak it. And everybody that receives it, yell amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh. Woo. Just worship him for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. That's right. The Lord just said this, and I'm gonna, we're gonna go. If you received it tonight, then you're a conduit for it. You're a conduit of it and a conduit for it. I want you to begin to call people and say your, ch your chapters are changing. If you receive it, it's yours. You have it. Give me something, Mason. Look at this. Yeah, that's fine. If he hands this to me, it's mine, right? It's in my possession. Right? So I can come and give it to whoever I want. Right? Right? So as conduits, I want you to leave this room tonight. And if you receive this word, I want you to begin to share this word in the community that you dwell in. Because it's not going to do no good if we all just keep it up in this house. I need you to take it to the Walmart. I need you to take it to the Piggly Wiggly. I need you to take it to Dollar General. I want you to call your friend on your way home and say, guess what? You're going from chapter one to chapter two. You're leaving your chapter one behind you and you are stepping into your chapter two. You are changing and you are shifting into your next season. I want you to go and tell everybody that you know because this region is changing. This city is changing. This community is changing. And this house is changing. Go in the peace of the Lord.